I just did a podcast on habits, right? How to be able to um, adopt new habits and also delete and get rid of, you know, break bad habits, right? And so a lot of people always want to make a change, make a change on behavior. They want to get themselves to work out. They want to get themselves to meditate. They want to get themselves to read more each day. They want to get themselves to X, right? Or they want to stop some behavior. They want to stop smoking. They want to stop eating this food. They want to stop. I always tell people, stop checking your phone the first hour of the day. I love that. And I, and I just, I, that's like sacred time for me, you know, because I, for me, that's for, I think that if you want to be an elite mental performer or, you know, real life superhero, you don't want to start off by checking the phone. We talked about this in the past, right? Because you're training yourself to be reactive, right? You're getting your dopamine, you're, you're frying your nervous system with all these likes, shares, comments, and everything else like that. Um, that you said, if I'm not mistaken, you sell your sovereignty <laughs> if you start by checking your phone. I love that so much. Because you're reacting and firefighting to everyone's, like, well, everything that everyone wants. So you're not really setting, you're not living, you know, it's, you've heard this many times, right? If you want to, you, you win the first hour of the day to win the rest, you know, you really win the day, right? And so anything you want to stop, so like say you want to stop checking your phone, right, in the morning, then there's certain, like, that's a behavior, right? But there's so many other elements to be able to change because some, most behaviors don't stick, right? And so, like, what I'm thinking about when I want to transform or transcend or make a real positive change, I'm looking at all the other areas of ourself. So I'm looking at, for example, our environment. Are, you, are people setting up their environment to win? At, at a, you know, so, so change doesn't just happen at this level of behavior, but when you have to change the environment. So, for example, if you want to stop eating a certain food, it helps to be able to have not that not have that food in your home, right? So you change the environment. If you want to read more, it helps to help set up your environment where you have the books readily available, where you're going to read it because they perform. You know how I how I approach habit change is this area of motivation and this trigger, right? You want to trigger it to help remind you to do the behavior, right? So are you setting up the environment in a way that triggers the behavior that you want? That's why, you know, people like Mark Zuckerberg or Tony Shea, they wear the same t-shirts and, and sweatshirts all the time because they don't want to spend, you know, use up one of their decisions thinking, oh, what am I going to wear today? Everyone, someone's watching this, they have a thing that, something they want to change, um, and it's not, it's not sticking. Then maybe it's not, it's the environment, maybe you check about your habits, but maybe it's your beliefs and your values. Some people will not get themselves to read every day because they don't value reading every single day. Some people won't work. Let's say the behavior they want to change is, you know, we did a podcast on how to remember names. I could teach them step-by-step step on how to remember the name of most people that they meet, um, yet they won't do it because they don't value it or because that's not important to them or they don't believe that they can, right? Just like we talked about earlier, saying your brain is like a supercomputer and you know, your self-talk is a program that runs. So you tell yourself not go to remember names. You will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you're programming a supercomputer. Not to, they don't have a belief that it I say all behavior is belief-driven. If you want to do this behavior, whatever it is, journal, whatever it is, then you need a belief that allows that to happen because that's the program that allows that. So how do you get that belief? Because you're going to feel like you're faking it. Right. That's where most people stop, right? They, they think, okay, I get it. I hear what you're saying, that if I am able to shift my belief, then I can get a different behavior. But I don't believe it, so now I'm just sort of faking it. How do you help people overcome that? Right, and so you, I mean, so some people approach it like they you know this quote where they, they fake it till they make it, right? right. Um, so my, my thing with belief is like when I do trainings in groups or, or online, my my favorite way of changing a belief is getting them to do something they never thought they could do because it opens up another possibility. Like what? So. So, for example, in, in 1954, Roger Bannister, he broke the four-minute mile, right? And so, which is amazing, right? Throughout human history, nobody could run a mile in less than four minutes. Now, if you, if you look into it, how he was able to do it is he would visualize himself crossing the finish line, looking at the clock, and it says 359. 
because he knew that success is an inside-out process. That first it had to happen in here in order to happen out there, right? Um, Dr. Wayne Dyer has this, has a famous phrase where it's not, oh, I'll believe it when I see it. It's like I'll see it when I believe it, because it's the opposite, right? And so I, I always like modeling the outliers where most people kind of just like kind of dismiss them. I was like, well, what's what's going on there that allows this person to get this kind of result, right? And so with Roger Bannister, he saw it in here, be able to produce it outside, just like any innovator, or inventor, or writer, or any creator, right? But what's interesting is after that, what happened? Nobody could do it from the beginning of humanity. All of a sudden, one person does it. What happens after that? Everybody. Yeah, everyone starts doing it, and so that's the thing. Now, what, what what happened? Was there a big change that year, and you know, training methodology and nutrition, or no? It was a change of belief, right? Because the belief back then was, if you ran a mile less than four minutes, not only would you die, it was your heart would explode in your chest. And like, think about like that would, and I'm a runner, right? That would keep me not just running. That would keep me from running for me. That would keep me from running. Period. Right. Right. And so my my thing is like that was a change of a reference. I was just that shook up a belief. So my goal with people when it comes to learning is get themselves to do something they never thought they could do, and then it opens up another possibility. It literally opens up their their nervous system for something. What else could be possible? Now I'd also say that it all plays together where it's not easy necessarily just to change a belief. Overnight. Now that could be a belief. <laughs> it's like a meta belief about what beliefs are. But people, there's there's technologies like Inception, right? Like a dream of a dream of a dream. Um, but I do believe that we have more. We have more power to influence our thoughts and our beliefs. And so my my goal is to streamline my my life. Put the routines the first hour of the day and the last hour of the day. I really micromanage to the point where it's habitual. I don't even have to think about it. And then because those are the times of the day where I can really have the most impact. Because later on in the middle of the day, you know, team members need this. There's firefighting this, client needs that. But the first hour, the last hour, I really want to control. So all this really helped develop grit and resilience, you know, in my body, so I can have the ability to persevere. And also, I stand guard to my brain all the time. What goes in? You know, I don't watch like a lot of the negative news and all the market. I, I really focus, like. Yeah, I, I watch and I listen to your show and maybe a handful of little things I read each day because I need to keep it positive. I want hope and I'm looking for help. I'm looking for inspiration and also instruction. Motive matters, right? And what drives us? I always tell people that there's a success formula I subscribe to, and I call it H cube. That it goes from your head to your heart to your hands, especially in the personal development space, where they teach about goal setting. You could affirm things in your head, or think things in your head, or visualize things in your head.、Um, but if you're not acting with your hands, there's there's something that's missing, right? There's an incongruency there. And I, I what I tell people is like you know check in with the second H, which is your heart, which is the symbol of like emotion, the energy of motion. And so I feel like that's the fuel that fuels the car that gets you to take action for something. And I do believe what got me through it is. Figuring out what my why was. I think some of the most successful people live at the edge of their limits, you know, and they and they play there also as well. And so, and whenever I feel in my nervous system, I feel like I can't do it, and I feel like I really must do it because I feel like how we do anything is how we do everything. Your brain is like a supercomputer, and your self-talk is a program that will run. So to tell yourself you're not good at remembering names, you will not remember the name. Because you program your supercomputer not to,、um, their self-talk is important, and it is a program that we will run. And I always tell people to keep it positive, keep it empowering,、um, because your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk.
right? And you have to be careful what you say to yourself because it's this unconscious command. I just did a podcast on habits, right? How to be able to um, adopt new habits and also delete and get rid of, you know, break bad habits, right? And so a lot of people always want to make a change and make a change on behavior. They want to get themselves to work out. They want to get themselves to meditate. They want to get themselves to read more each day. They want to get themselves to X, right? Or they want to stop some behavior. They want to stop smoking. They want to stop eating this food. They want to stop. I always tell people, stop checking your phone the first hour of the day. That's like sacred time for me, you know, because I, for me, that's for, I think that if you want to be an elite mental performer, or, you know, real life superhero, you don't want to start off by checking the phone. We talked about this in the past and because you're training yourself to be reactive, right? You're getting your dopamine, you're, you're frying your nervous system with all these likes, shares, comments, and everything else like that. Um, that you said, if I'm not mistaken, you sell your sovereignty <laughs> if you start by checking your phone. I love that so much. Because you're reacting and firefighting to everyone's, like, well, everything that everyone wants. So you're not really setting, you're not living, you know, it's, you've heard this many times, right? If you want to, you, you, you win the first hour of the day to win the rest, you know, you win, win the day, right? And so anything you want to stop, so like say you want to stop checking your phone, right, in the morning, then there's certain, like, that's a behavior, right? But there's so many other elements to be able to change because some, most behaviors don't stick right and so like what I'm thinking about when I want to transform or transcend or make a real positive change I'm looking at all the other areas of ourself so I'm looking at for example our environment are, you, are people setting up their environment to win at, at a, you know, so, so change doesn't just happen at this level of behavior but when you have to change the environment so for example if you want to stop eating a certain food it helps to be able to have not that not have that food in your home right so you change the environment if you want to read more it helps to help set up your environment where you have the books readily available where you're going to read it because they perform you know how I how I approach habit change is this area of motivation and this trigger right you want to trigger it to help remind you to do the behavior right so are you setting up the environment in a way that triggers the behavior that you want another level of change that we need to address let's say everyone someone's watching this they have a thing that something they want to change um and it's not it's not sticking then maybe it's not it's the environment maybe you can check about your habits but maybe it's your beliefs and your values some people will not get themselves to read every day because they don't value reading every single day right some people won't let's say the behavior they want to change is you know we did a podcast on how to remember names I could teach them step by step on how to remember the name of most people that they meet um, yet they won't do it because they don't value it or because that's not important to them or they don't believe that they can right just like we talked about earlier saying your brain is like a supercomputer and you know your self-talk is a program that runs if you tell yourself not go to remember names you will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program a supercomputer not to they don't have a belief that enables that so when i say all behavior is belief driven if you want to do this behavior whatever it is journal whatever it is then you need a belief that allows that to happen
because it's the opposite, right? And so I, I always like modeling the outliers, but most people kind of just like kind of dismiss them. I was like, well, what, what's going on there that allows this person to get this kind of result, right? And so with Roger Bannister, he saw it in here, be able to produce it outside, just like any innovator, inventor, writer, any creator, right? But what's interesting is after that, what happened? Nobody could do it from the beginning of humanity. All of a sudden, one person does it. What happens after that? There's a change of belief, right? Because the belief back then was if you ran a mile less than four minutes, not only would you die, it was your heart would explode in your chest. And like, think about like that would, and I'm a runner, right? That would keep me not just running, that would keep me from running for that would keep me from running, period, right? right? And so my, my thing is like, that was a change of a reference. I was just, it shook up a belief. So my goal with people when it comes to learning is get themselves to do something they never thought they could do. And then it opens up another possibility. It literally opens up their, their nervous system for something. What else could be possible? Now I'd also say that it all plays together where it's not easy necessarily just to change a belief overnight. It's not about resources, right? Because we know a lot of people who, who didn't have any resources that were able to impact the world. Um, it's about our internal resources. And what I'm saying is optimizing our environment, optimizing our behaviors, our capabilities, our beliefs and our values, and our identity. Right, that the highest level our identity because you can't just change your belief or your values or your behavior even if you don't believe you're that kind of person. So we're not waiting for Superman or Batman or Wonder Woman. It's like you are Wonder Woman, you are Batman, you are Superman. It's just we we have to commit ourselves to be able to unleash you. They call it the two smallest world words in the English language, but they're the two most powerful words in the English language. It's I am. I am, because whatever you put after that determines your destination or your, your destiny, right? And I think you know, your identity is who you believe you are. And I feel like when we're talking about playing to the edge of our limits and really playing there and living in that place where we're stretching, you don't have to fight it because you can't imagine yourself not doing that. If we don't believe that we're our public speaker or we're a great parent or we're a great learner or genius, then we'll never be able to reach our full potential because that will always be the ceiling that we bump up against. I think that genius leaves clues and I believe that it can be replicated if you're willing to put in the, the work and the learning and the, the discipline to be able to do that. I teach people how to read one book a week. I really think leaders are readers that in order to stay competitive in today's day and age, if somebody has decades of experience and they put it into a book and you can sit down and read that in a few days, download decades in the days, I mean, I'm preaching to choir for who's watching, but that, that's, that's a superpower, right? That's a huge advantage. geniuses set themselves up so for example they have their laptop but they only use their laptop for work and it's anchored that's part of their environment it's anchored to get them in the flow states to be able to write or be productive they don't use their laptop to watch binge on netflix right they have a very they have an ipad that they use when they do that because that's the state that they want to anchor 
them for that. And they don't use that iPad to do work. You need to set up your environment like your bedroom. Like when we just did a whole episode on sleep hacks and how to optimize your sleep because that's a big, you know, personal challenge for me um, for many years because I had suffered from sleep apnea. It was a breathing disorder. I stopped breathing 200 times a night for at least 10 seconds, which is the equivalent of somebody coming in and choking and suffocating you 200 times a night. And so I would actually... The reason why I'm so adamant about productivity and learning hacks is because for the longest time, for literally five years straight, and you know this, I've slept about 90 minutes to two hours a night total. And you know how you feel when you get like one bad night to sleep and how like where your focus is, your energy level, and your, how I get these horrible migraines, and it's forced me to double down in my practices, you know, in terms of like I have a limited amount of time, I have to focus on the things that really matter, resources and stuff. But anyway, going back to this, like my bedroom is sacred space, right? It's, I don't do work in there. I, I keep it because that's my trigger to be able to rest, go into parasympathetic space. I set up my environment so I have my blackout curtains, I have my grounding pad, so it's to optimize my restful sleep that I do get. So environment, so genius leaves clues, they set up genius environments for themselves. And then the behaviors, most people know because they're intuitive. You know, these people are, are, are investing in themselves, they're, they're investing in self-care. Um, I always tell people that self-love and self-care is not selfish. A lot of people, you know, they're there for their friends and their family and their clients and everybody else, but they're not refilling their, their cup. So I think that we have to be, you know, grow givers. I mean, we have to, we grow so we have more to give to other people, so we have more impact with other individuals. So the behaviors are reading each day and putting together your to-do list and your, I think having your not-to-do list is so important. Having been sleep-deprived for so many years, you know, I think a lot of people... I'm super sensitized to it, but I think one of the success rituals people have, should have is just going through and keeping a consistent not-to-do list. And I think the most successful genius-level individuals, one of the clues that they leave is their not-to-do list is bigger than their to-do list, right? They don't check their phone in the morning. They don't take in, you know, everything is hell yes or it's hell no, right? That's their filter system. They don't, you know, they say no to good, so they can say yes, yes to great. Right? I'm talking about an incredible, you know, artist. I'm talking about an athlete. I'm talking about an advocate, you know, in some area. Because um, they haven't, they're, they're clear about their identity, about who they are, and who they are to the, to the world. And so, but I know what they what they do commit is they do the work, and they're committed to lifelong learning. Knowledge is power, and learning is your superpower. And I think it's a superpower that we all have. It's just that we're not taught. My, my thing when it comes to success rituals and high performance and, and making an impact is that we all have that sovereignty, we all have that power, and whenever we put it out there and give it out to somebody else, like we're a thermometer, right, the metaphor I always talk about, it's like we're either ther thermometers or we're thermostats, and a thermometer, you think about the functionality of it, it just reflects what the environment is giving it, right, it just reflects the, the temperature and stuff, but a thermostat is different, it sets a a standard, it sets a goal, it sets a vision, and the environment changes along with it. And I feel like our happiness, our joy, our level of fulfillment, our success is all dependent on where we put the locus of control. We have more power than we realize in these cases. And it's hard because we have to fight media, we have to fight marketing that's always telling us about all the things that are going on in the world. But we live in an abundant universe, right? I mean, we talk about the matrix, you know, which pill people are going to take. And that determines everything. And every single morning, you need to determine what color pill you're going to take. And I would say what keeps me going is I have a belief that everything can get better. Like, that's my self-talk. When, when it comes down to what my primary belief is, is I feel that, that things can get better. Because otherwise, if I didn't, then I would just give up. Right? And I have too many examples 
of friends and family and just people I don't know, which are just friends of my mind, that have superseded much more difficult situations than I have. The other thing it's helped me to do is really focus on the rituals and the routines, the habits, the abilities that really matter, you know, the 80-20 rule, because when I have a certain amount of energy, I can only do a certain amount of things, and I want I need to get more back, and I'm still doing the job, quote-unquote, of most, you know, three or four people, you know, going on stage and traveling to, to buy, you know, like the kind of things that we do, but it forces me to focus on the things that's going to give maximum return, and, you know, and I think we do teach the things that we need to learn the most. I think the best teachers are the best students i'm never looking for perfection because i don't think that the standard exists i'm just looking to make incremental progress you know when i wake up in the morning i have my daily routine and it's so fine-tuned because i think a lot of people suffer from decision making fatigue right that and this is very strong research saying that you can only make a certain amount of good decisions a day and after that is spent you can't anymore and that's really been fine-tuned in the, in the medical field with surgeons and such in terms of seeing their you know where they're making their errors and stuff with with um, early on in the day or later in their days and stuff like that but we all as entrepreneurs or as employees and executives or as parents we all can make a certain amount of decisions and that's why you know People like Mark Zuckerberg or Tony Shea, they wear the same t-shirts and, sh and sweatshirts all the time because they don't want to spend, you know, use up one of their decisions thinking, oh, what am I going to wear today, right? And so my, my goal is to streamline my, my life, put the routines the first hour of the day and the last hour of the day. I really micromanage to the point where it's habitual. I don't even have to think about it. And then because those are the times of the day where I can really have the most impact because later on in the middle of the day, you know, team members need this, there's firefighting this, client needs that. But the first hour, the last hour, I really want to control. So all this really helped develop grit and resilience, you know, in my body so I can have the ability to persevere. And also I stand guard to my brain all the time, what goes in. You know, I don't watch like a lot of the negative news and all the market. I, I really focus, like, you know, I, I watch and I listen to your show and maybe a handful of little things I read each day because I need to keep it positive. I want hope and I'm looking for help. I'm looking for inspiration and also instruction.